Hello, everyone, and welcome to Building Brand You, the show where we help you to accelerate your success, getting you more clients, more revenue, more business, and more opportunities by unlocking your greatest asset, you. My name is Kim Hamer, and I'm an international business coach, speaker, and serial entrepreneur. In today's episode, I'm really delighted to be talking to a special guest. Steve Eck is an entrepreneur, business coach, and artist who is on a mission to change the world. In this feature-length episode, we explore habits, building your own authentic brand, and why he believes he has an obligation to change the world. Today, I invite you to cross the pond with me from London to Chicago to speak with the passionate and completely cool millionaire, Steve Eck. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Building Brand You. My name's Kim Hamer, and I am an international business coach, a speaker, and a serial entrepreneur. I am absolutely thrilled um, to bring you a very special person on our podcast today. So this is one passionate millionaire who I've gotten to know over the last few months, and he wants to change the world. So welcome, Steve Eck. How are you, Steve? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a... I am going to change the world. I'm not want to. I'm going to make it happen. Oh, I love this. I love I'm this. Making it happen. Making it happen. So, so on that note then, um, Steve, how are you making it happen? Tell us a bit about you and what you do in life and, and how you're making these changes in the world. You know, it's like eating an elephant. You do it one bite at a time. Um, and so I want to change the world. I want everybody to reach their goals, to succeed, to live their dream life. This is all I've, I want to do. Uh, I'm fortunate that I'm wealthy and that I can do this. And if I can uh, affect every person I come in contact with, and I, I, I talk to everybody, you know, what is your dream? What is stopping you? You know, can I help you? And, and um, I want everyone to live by design, not by default. And too many of us live by default. Um, when I was a kid, I, my grandparents, who, who my grandma raised us, uh, a lot of us, lived backed up into a cemetery. And I know I pronounced that word wrong, but there's a lot I pronounce wrong, cemetery. Um, and we used to play in it. And today I look at cemeteries and I'm like, there is more dreams that died here than people. And that's what I'm going to change. Chase your dream. It's very sobering to think about it in that way. You know, what are, what are all the dreams we, we let go? I think what's, what's really interesting is that whole comment of by design, not default. Mm -hmm. And how the, I guess how the design drops out, because when we're, when we're kids, everything's an opportunity. We can see the world's our oyster and... We can, we can design and make anything we want. And somehow that drops out and we start living by default. Do you, think there's, do you think there's a certain thing that makes that happen or is it just part of you know, how we're socialized? I, I think there's not one specific thing. I think it's, it's life. You know, when, when you're 
when you're 17 years old, 18, 19, and you know everything, and you're going to be this person, and you have these dreams. And I think to myself, if we can only take a snapshot of that and remind yourself of that every day. But what happens is all of a sudden, you know, you, you're going to spread your wings, you're going to get an apartment, but now you got bills. Oh, crap. Now I'm going to have to get, maybe I'm going to have to work the weekends and this. And, and now you start chasing. And, and you're like, well, this is how I'm supposed to do it. And life starts beating you down. And you just lose those dreams because your focus is more on survival. You know, when you have dreams, your focus is out there and there's nothing stopping you. And all of a sudden, your focus is on every obstacle stopping you. So you said something that caught my, my air. Um, the world is your oyster. I have a lot of tattoos. Okay. My first tattoo, and I drew it, was a hand holding an oyster. The oyster was open. Instead of a pearl, it was a mini globe, a world. The world is my oyster all in the palm of my hand. I got in that when I was so young, and I look at that. It's on my arm, and I look at that every single day. That's my daily affirmation. The world is my oyster. It's mine. Yeah. That's brilliant. Oh, how, how, what a great connection that was. I didn't even yeah. know about that tattoo people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So I think that's fantastic leading to talking about um, perhaps how, how Steve Eck designs his life. What, what are all the pieces that make up the Steve Eck life? The Steve Eck brand, maybe. System world. Um, <laughs> First of all, I, I decided to, to not live conventionally because why should I? I don't want to mow my lawn. You know, I, 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 why, why do I want a lawn? You know what I mean? Like I didn't see the benefit of that. I didn't, I'm like, what do I want? And you can only really start thinking about that when you can clear your mind of all the noise. You know, I don't get caught up in arguing politics. I mean, I'm in America. We argue about everything, you know, and, and, uh, I don't. If, if you tell me, you know, politically that this person sucks, well, then he does. You're right. You know, we I agree. Just move on. So I get rid of a lot of the noise that I don't need to hear. A lot of the negativity, cut these things out of my life. And when you can start thinking clearly, knowing what you want. Um, and there's exercise I tell people to figure out what they want. And when I decided I want to live on a boat, you know, I love the water. I, I love surfing. I love all that. I want to live on a boat. And I went to a boat show and I absolutely fell in love with this one vessel. And I, I couldn't, I, I kept going back to it. And I said to the salesman, I, um, when can I have it? He's like, well, the show's got to end. Okay. Then when? <laughs> and, and I live, even the smallest things in my life, I I enjoy, I take pleasure in. Some people think it's a task to make coffee in the morning. Every morning I start with an espresso and I love the scent of the, the beans and I love the sound of the grind and I pack it in there. And all of that is just, I love it. Life is not a chore, life is wonderful. And it sounds to me that it's a choice for you. You choose to live your life. Um, from from you out rather than the life having its effect on you? Life has no effect on me. I choose every part of my life. Mm. I take responsibility. I choose it and nobody tells me 
how to live. Nobody tells, and there's no, there's no limit to what you can do. There's no limit to how you have to live. I mean, if you're looking in the background, you're wondering, where's Steve now? You know, and um, I'm in a loft because I'm not on a boat. And, and this winter I'm in a loft and it's come spring, I'll be in a boat. And then in the fall, we're going to figure that one out. I've got It'll come by design. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's, it's what's going to intrigue me. And that's how I live. And if, if it's only intrigues me for six months, then it does. If it intrigues me for 10 years, I love that too. So tell me about um, some of the things that have intrigued you for 10 years. Some of the things, wow. Um, I love art. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my personal, like, I love art. I love everything about art. That's intrigued me. And I, I do paint a lot. Um, and I do different art. What's intrigued me, honestly, is probably people, relationships. Mm-hmm. Intrigued me. I can't get enough of meeting new people. Uh, for a long, long time, I went out on my own. You know, I was always alone by myself. And um, it gave me an opportunity to meet people. And that's all I ever wanted to do. Like, I don't, I have a, a, I have a wonderful girlfriend. And, but... Prior to that, when I go out, I wasn't looking to like hit on women. I wasn't looking to get something out of it. I wanted to meet people. People fascinate me. I don't care what economic status you are, you know, that whole socioeconomic thing. Never, I want to meet everybody. And they said to me, well, why are you selling yourself short? Why don't you just live to a thousand? I'm like, damn it. Why did I take 800 years off? That's it. I'm going to live to be a thousand. I, um, I do. This is going to sound a little crazy, but I do have this idea that I am going to live forever. Mm. Yeah. I, I never think about age. I never think about anything. People ask me my age. I go, well, aren't you more curious about my energy? <laughs> yeah. That is a really me- interesting perspective. We why ask do we about measure, age. Yeah. Why do we measure by days? Why don't we look at each other's energy? Isn't that more important? Wow. You know, how many times have I gone around the sun? No. How many things have I done? How many miles do I have? Yeah. 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 How many lives have I touched? That's how I want to be measured. Hmm. That's how you want to be known, right? Yes. I don't want to be known by how many times I fell asleep and woke up again. Or how many years (laughs) I made it through. Right. How many times around the sun? No, these things don't matter to me. I'm going to keep shifting because the sun keeps coming up. Yeah. Speaking of the sun. See, we're adapting. We're adapting as we go. I, I am always adapting. Yeah, yeah. I think it, what's been great about, you know, this first part of our conversation is is sort of unleashing Steve on the mm-hmm. listeners. And, you know, we're, we're really getting a sense of, of who you are and what's important to you and how you've um, taken on designing your life to meet that. Mm-hmm. And so I work a lot with... Um, with individuals who are often not that sure of who they are or that confident of who they are. And Mm -hmm. what we work on a lot is who the authentic brand is, who Mm -hmm. who the the real deep down is. There's the brand that's out there and shiny and at the front, but but who's brand you, who's brand you deep down? So what would you say Steve's 
brand is? Who's who's brand uh, Steve? Um, <laughs> Steve's brand is uh, I'm authentic. Yeah. I'm real. I have nothing hidden. I wear everything right out in front so everybody could see it. Yeah. And this is me. Like when you said they have this brand is out there, and then you have to you have to draw that. You know who they are now. No, this is me. Hmm. This is it. Yeah. This is me to the world. Yeah. Uh, there's no. There's no limit to what I can do. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel limitless. And, and I don't mean to say that in a conceited way. Mm. You know, um, somebody said to me, is there anything you can't do? And a friend of mine said, well, he can't give birth. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I can't. Mm. <laughs> well, not without some surgery, perhaps. <laughs> well, we're not even going to go down that road. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everything's possible, Steve. <laughs> Every, you know, so everything. So I, I think that I'm very confident in who I am. Mm. And I think that that's what's gotten me to where I am. Mm. Um, knowing who I am. Mm. And then recognizing, I reflect often. Mm. I reflect every conversation, uh, what people will say. I take everything to heart. Mm. And I learn from everything. Mm. You know, um, it's funny. Owning a business, somebody said, you know, they, they asked me one time, they'd fired somebody and they left in a, in a rant, you know, like it was an ugly dismissal. And, and I, they go, what, would I, what should I do about that? And I go, well, what did they say? Call that your exit interview, you know, take it to heart. Mm. So I take everything to heart, no matter what. And I, and I kind of think about what does this mean and how can I learn from it? Mm. You know, I hope I'm not spinning around in circles where people go, is this guy crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what's um, what's really interesting is you talked about um, you're confident in who you are and you feel you know yourself very mm -hmm. well. So, so was that always something you felt or was there an aha moment that you had that you went, ah, oh, this is what I'm all about. This is what I'm meant to be. Or has that been this gradual kind of shaping so I, I think it's more of always who I've been, mm. but there are a couple of aha moments where you, where you grow. Um, and one of them, when you're younger, you know how, you know, what matters when you're younger is how good looking you are. You know what I mean? We have images we have to keep up and I know what I look like, you know, like somebody described me as a Picasso came to life. And I took that. I'm like, absolutely. That's who I am. Yeah. And, and there was an aha moment when I realized I'm not going to be the most attractive person in the room. I'm not even going to be on the top 10 and I'm good with that. You know? Yeah. So it was one of those moments where I looked in the mirror and I said, wow, I have a receding hairline, a big nose. My eyes are too close. I have these attached earlobes, crooked teeth. I never had braces, anything like that. And then I looked at him like, you look fantastic. <laughs> 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 because none of that matters. Yeah. And yeah. that's helps me in who I'm, I'm confident. None of it matters. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you and talk I've never looked at it in other people either. Yeah. I've never thought about it. Yeah. I think there's something, um, it's less about uh, the, the physical parts, if you like. It's mm -hmm. about the energy. And I think that the things that people oh. bring to your life, isn't, isn't it? I think, you know, there can be the most conventional is the wrong word, but, you know, ticking the box with all the beautiful things, mm -hmm. 
Um, but actually what makes people really beautiful um, is their energy and, and who they actually are in the world. Absolutely. I always say that the most beautiful part about a woman is her confidence. Hmm. I am I'm going to develop that now. <laughs> I, am, I am so attracted to confidence. Hmm. You know, to me, that is just um, something special in a person. Hmm. You know, yeah. so that's, that's who I am. Yeah, brilliant. So you mentioned in that last little piece um, when you're a business owner. So tell us a bit about, you know, the business uh, that you own, because we've had a couple of interesting conversations about how you run that business. I, um, I own an auto repair shop. That's the first thing when people say, what do you do? I, I automatically default to, I own an auto repair shop because that was the first thing I did. Yeah. You know, and that is just, I love it. I mm. love an auto repair shop. Uh, I own the art gallery, you know, and then uh, obviously I invest. Um, but I love talking about the auto repair shop. Okay. I love owning a brick and mortar building, a uh, brick and mortar business. I have employees and that I'm able to set up where they can have the life, you know, working for me, you can have a good life. You earn that life, you know? So I love that. And my auto repair shop and their art gallery, they share a lobby, you know, one's on the second floor, there's a lobby and above the lobby on the second floor is the gallery. And then there's two other buildings for the repair shop. And here I'm pointing like you guys know, uh, <laughs> It's, it's over there. <laughs> it's, it's that way. It's that way. All of it is an extension of myself. When you talk mm -hmm. about a brand, this is me. If you could take like what I would look like if I were a, a brick and mortar business, that's what my business is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to change that a little bit. A few years ago, I said to my crew, I gathered them up and I said, what if Apple were an automotive repair shop? What would it look like? you know, or, or Google and JT, uh, JT Fox, he, you know, he comes to my place. And he's like, this place is like Google. I feel like I'm in the lobby of Google. I'm like, I know here, I'm, I'll get light again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely extension to me, but it's also anything is possible. Mm. Um, all my crew, they have, you know, I have one policy. Um, it's okay to fail because that's how you learn as long as you learn from it, you know, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Not on the cars. I'd appreciate if we didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, but yeah. in business, mm. you know, I am, they run it. I have a manager, I have full crew, they run everything and I'm proud of them. Mm. And how, I think it's really interesting for, for, for those of us who are sort of at the stage of working, still being in our business, but having mm -hmm. to face a future of what if I'm not in my business and how does my business look without me and all of those sorts of things. And, and you're in that position. You have a team that runs your business, mm -hmm. but your business is still a reflection of you and your brand and all that sort of thing. And we talked before we went um, live today about the connection between your brand and the culture of your business. Mm -hmm. So Pat, could you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's quite a unique perspective um, for a lot of our listeners. 
your your brand and your culture are twins. They absolutely go together. And culture to to really make it simple, culture is what you believe, you know, what you value, plus your actions. Because a lot of us will say, but then we don't follow through. You can't say, I will give all these employees the, the freedom to, to run something and then harp on them, you know, because that's not giving them freedom. Mm. And so that's culture. And you want to develop that. Um, and your brand needs to align with that. It's because it, it basically comes down to who are you? You know, your culture is who you are in your business and your brand is who you are as you project your business. Mm. They better be, they are twins. Mm. Brother and sister. Yeah, brother and sister. We'll go that twin thing, not identical twins. Okay, fraternal perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. And what are some of the things that perhaps um, were the big learnings for you in in doing that in your own business, in aligning sort of the brand and the culture and how you do that, but still give people the freedom that you've talked about to, to work in your business? Well, so I, I'm like the puppet master, you okay. know, like, like this. So I give the image to it and because it's an extension of me, it's my name out, out on the shingle. And so I bring in the image and they work with inside of that image. Um, I don't hire people. You don't have to be creative to work for me. Mm-hmm. You just have to be good at what you do. You have to like what you do. Okay. Um, I think a real big part of any kind of brand uh, or any kind of culture is communication. I don't think I've I can't remember the last time somebody was upset or raised their voice. You know, it's just not something that happens Mm. here. Um, So they're allowed. I designed the playground. They get to play in it. Oh, that's a nice analogy. How about we do that? I designed the playground so they could run over to the swing set or the teeter-totter. Yeah. Oh, I like that. It's my playground. Might steal that for my business. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I, 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 built the, I built the playground and they get to play in it. And, you know, sometimes this person, he plays on the swings and that person, she plays on the teeter-totter. And that's how we all get along. Nice. You know? Yeah. And every, everybody plays nice in the sandbox. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> a dream. Um, so if we, extend, yeah, if we extend that out to your, um, to your customers, so what would your customers say about um, your auto repair shop and your brand? I, I love everyone that comes in here. I just, uh, I had somebody come in here today who I had a meet with who's never been here before, unrelated to automotive. And she came here and she's like, this is an automotive repair shop? I, I said, yeah. She goes, looks really cool. Can I just hang out? I'm like, absolutely. Hang out whenever you want. Yeah. You know, so... Um, yeah, the, the customers love it because they know that anything goes. Mm. The next install I'm going to do in the lobby downstairs um, in the lobby is I'm going to put a wine and coffee bar. That you know, sounds because, excellent. Uh, coffee's a necessity and wine is currency. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so today you have coffee, at night you could have wine. And we do have our own private label. As an automotive repair shop, we have our own private label wine our own private label soda 
Oh, we have all of that. You can have delicious Eck Automotive root beer. Oh. Or automotive cream soda. I have wow. all of that. Because why can't an automotive repair shop have a soda mm. or have her own wine? Mm. Why not? And it's all in the context of the Eck Auto brand and culture ethos. Anything goes, it's a bit fun, it's a bit irreverent, perhaps. It's absolutely it's 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 fun, it's enjoyable, but it's not gimmick. Mm. It, it, mm. There's a lot of substance to it. You know, we're going to come out with our own uh, coffee. You know, I, I, I'm addicted to coffee. You know, my name is Steve. I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always talking about coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And so what, how do you see um, sort of the, the, the business and the brand um, I don't know, growing and developing, it, you know, you've talked about um, some of these sort of newer initiatives. Do you, do you ever see it essentially changing, becoming much larger, or will it just always be that quintessential? Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're in a constant state of change. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. We're in a constant state of change. And uh, I think that's one thing my, my customers always point out. They're like, everything's always changing. I go, well, everything's always fresh. Yeah, nice. You know, you, you can't, if you really want to impress somebody, you can't give them the routine. Mm. You, can't, you can't, as soon as you impress somebody, the next time they do the same thing, they're not impressed anymore. Yeah. It's become the standard. And if you're going to rest on your laurels, then fine. Mm. You know, take that route, but I'm never going to do that. Mm. And we're, we are going to keep developing as a brand as well. Like I said, we have the gallery and then we'll have the, the wine and coffee bar. And that I'm going to assume, guess, that that will spin off to another location. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then go from there. And then let's see where that goes. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a matter of what you want to do. What intrigues me? Mm. You know, I, I love, I'm going to admit, I love espresso. Yeah. I just love, I would love to actually own an espresso bar. Just people come in like, like in Italy. Have you been to Italy and you just walk up yeah. on your Euro? That is life-changing. That's religion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read the, uh, the Howard Schultz book uh, Onward, where he talked about going to Italy for the first time in 1987 and having that sip of espresso and how it changed his life. And he described it in such a way. And I'm like, I know I've done that. Yeah. Like really? So I would love to do that too. I, I, um, I don't know if the Eck Auto is going to spin into a restaurant, but I'd like to have a restaurant one day. Mm, nice. You nice. know, COVID's, COVID's um, put that on hold, mm. but in my head, I've already designed it. It's going to be seafood. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I'll be there in Chicago. Oh yeah. I love Chicago. I don't, you couldn't, you couldn't pry me out of here with a pry bar. <laughs> I, Chicago is is home. It's the greatest city in the world. Um, I couldn't imagine not having the Cubs right up the street. You know, baseball. Mm. The Cubs. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll move if they move. Okay. If the Cubs move somewhere else, then I'll move. But I, I couldn't imagine not being in Chicago. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. So we've talked a lot about um, sort of 
you and brand and culture and what comes across through the whole thread is you you bring your passion to whatever you do Mm -hmm. you just you you know you speak passionately your face lights up when you talk about all the different elements in your life and I think that that is such a such a compelling brand Mm -hmm. you know so you know I think a lot of people talk about can you really make your passion your business you know can you really make your passion your brand do you think you can okay i don't think there's any other way to do it yeah you know what i mean this is it this is authenticity this is passion this is you this is everyone's version of you you know like when you talk about now i'm getting excited (laughs) (laughs) only just now (laughs) just now right now really um everyone has a version of you Mm. Every single person has a version of you. The person I'm walking down the street and someone's coming this way, they only see me for a few seconds, but yet they have a version of me. I say good morning and hello to everybody. If they ignore me, I think to myself, wonder what their problem is. They might be a great guy or a great woman. And I think, wow, they're kind of jerks. They wouldn't say hello to me, you know, because that's the only chance I get to develop a version. And so when you talk about a brand and you talk about passion, when everybody's version of you is very similar yeah. You know your brand, you have a passion. Yeah. That's you know, a great that's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's a great way of describing it. It's um yeah, everybody has a perspective, everybody has a version of you that they see. Mm-hmm. And it's when all of those things line up and start to become congruent. You go, huh. And I don't I don't have to because I'm me, I don't fake my version. No. This is it. Like I said, you know, when you said describe Steve, authentic. Mm. I'm, I'm sure the barista has the same version as my accountant, you know, or my customers, or, or my my family, my my employees, uh, the people I meet, everybody. Yeah. You know, and I know I could. I'm the first one to to admit I could be so irritating because sometimes you don't want like. Do you know the comic strip that you have it there where it's Garfield, the cat? Yes. And then there's Odie, the dog? Yes. I'm Odie, the dog. <laughs> sometimes I meet Garfield, and, and Garfield really doesn't want to hang out with me. So I know sometimes I can, people go, can you just tone it down a little bit? But I can't. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's the, the power of, of knowing who you are, having the confidence to be who you are. Yeah. I love living life with the volume turned up to 11. Excellent. So in turning the volume up to 11 for our listeners, uh, let's, let's presume they're struggling. Uh, well, no, maybe not struggling. That, well, they're, they're struggling with how they should define their business brand and their personal brand. You know. Well, um, the first thing, let's start with the personal brand. Yeah, Because yeah. the business brand comes second. It's who you are. And, and that's exactly, if you're struggling, it's because you don't know who you are yet. Mm. Who are you? What, what, is, what fuels you? You really have to look deep inside to say, you know, this is me. This is what I want to project. And, you know, it could be you right now. And you say, you know what? I really, I want to be like this. You know, this person has really influenced me. I'd like to be more like them. Great. What would you have to do in your life to be that who you want to be? Because it might not be who you are now. And that's okay. 
Um, so what's going to have to change in my life to, to be the person I really want to become? And what it comes down to is what has to happen is you have to change your thought process. You have to change your habits. You have to change how you view things. You know, start thinking in this term. It's hard to do alone. It's hard to do when you're on an island. You know, it's really difficult. Um, the, the best way to do it, you know, there's the slow way and the fast way. This, the slow, slow way is start building your circle. Start being around the people who have influenced and how you want to be. You will become them. It's hard to infiltrate that those circles sometimes, you know, but you have to leave the old circle behind. If they're not influencing you, that's not a circle. So you, you have to find out who these people are and find you. That's the long, slow, that's the long game. And play it. You have to play it because that is the game. The, the short game is get a coach. Get a coach because they will hold you accountable. It's so easy for a coach to see what's going on and, and help you in that stretch. I bring up Michael Jordan a lot because he won championships in basketball. He was the greatest basketball player. Phil Jackson was the coach. Phil Jackson never taught Michael Jordan how to shoot a basket because he's Michael Jordan. He taught him how to win championships. And after he won a slew of them in Chicago, Phil Jackson went out to LA and he did the same thing with the Lakers because he knew how to win championships. He never taught Kobe how to dribble. You know, he just taught great people how to be great, how to be even more. And that was the, that was the, the short, they hired a coach. And what makes me crazy is you think Michael uh, Jordan went, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hire a coach after I win about two or three championships. Then I'm going to hire a coach. Yeah, let me know how that works. <laughs> he played without Phil Jackson. He didn't win then. He hired the right coach for him. And let's face it, Michael Jordan hired him. Like, Jordan had the call who was going to coach the Bulls. Yeah. It wasn't a – so um, – that's and you have to play both games. It's the short game is get the coach. The long game is start living that life. Cool. Living among the people. Yeah. And and for listeners, what? How do you think we should go about looking for a great coach? Because there are a lot of coaches out there. A lot of business coaches. There've been even more since the since the pandemic has mm-hmm. hit us. We've sort of seen quite quite a growth in that industry. So um, how? What sort of questions should people ask? What should they be looking for when they're looking for a coach? So the how, how do, how do you go about finding a coach? First of all, I think I would look at it and go, why do I need a coach? Okay, what do I need help with? You know, I need help because, um, you know what, I don't have, I'm not assertive. I need help because I have a hard time confronting. I need help because... Um, I'm scared to talk in public. So now you know your shortfalls. Then to find a coach who focuses on that and then talk with them. Do you, do you blend with them? You know, so rather than go, how do I find a coach? Why do I need the coach? And once you've established why I need the coach, it's easier to find the coach. We, we focus way too much on how we should be focusing on why 
you know, how is, is uh, tactical? How is just, okay, you know how you find a coach? You open up Google, you coach, Google, coach. You know what I mean? You're like, how? Google it. Why? Mm. And why is when you start looking in and then when you start narrowing it down and then sitting down and why is like, you know what? I feel this person. Mm. I feel their energy and they could bring me to where I need to be. I see that they're there. I see what they've done. Mm. That's why you need that coach. Mm. There's a, um, a, a, a phrase that I use that a coach is the custodian of your dreams and aspirations. And mm-hmm. I think when you, um, when you, you sort of dream and say, I want this, but I don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a trust relationship that's needed, not just a trust that the coach will get you there, but a trust that you, you will take care of me in this process um, and who I am in this process. I think that's a really important part of that. What, what do you say to that? I, I think it's so important. Absolutely. I love that phrase, the, the uh, coach is the custodian of my dreams. I would steal that, but there's nobody alive that would ever think that that was originally me. Because I would never say that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think I've ever used the word custodian. <laughs> um, a coach is the custodian of your dream. Steve, yeah. who'd you steal it from? Who did you steal um, it from? Where did you read that? <laughs> yeah, where did you read that? Feel uh, free to drop my name into the conversation. Happy absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep moving around because it keeps getting dark. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I, I apologize. Um, when you live in a loft and your lights are on the ceiling, it changes. Yeah. So, um, no, that is absolutely true. Your coach is not, your coach is there to bring you where you can be. That's who your coach is. Um, I think people, people make the mistake of thinking your coach is going to give you like the, the strategical steps. No, your, your coach is there to get you to your dream to where, where are you at now? What is your dream? And your coach is going to help you fill in that gap and hold you accountable. Mm. We could justify failure all day. And a coach should never let you justify failure. You know, that's just an excuse. So that's what a coach does. Mm. You know, and a coach has been there. I don't, um, I have coaches. My first coach was, I think, 1992 or 93. And I hired somebody who was there. So you, you can't hire somebody that I know how to get there, but I've never been there. I don't, if I'm going to hire a wealth coach, I'm not hiring a broke person, you know? So that's, has that person, have they lived the life that you want? Have they achieved what you want? Mm. And, and is there energy, you know, that comes back down to people? Mm. Is there energy, somebody that you could work with? Mm. You know, it's funny um, and I, I talked to a friend of mine in, uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to have a sponsor. You go about it completely the opposite way. And he's like, you hire a sponsor or you, you not hire you, you ask someone to sponsor you who terrifies you, who scares the crap out of you, <laughs> who will never be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's kind of funny because it's just, it's so, uh, goes against what I believe in coaching. 
Mm. But I'm like, if that's what works, but you know, again, it's about accountability. I yeah. always thought that was yeah. a funny story. Yeah, definitely. It just scares the crap out of you. Yeah, like <laughs> like makes you show up and you're like, well, right, pain right. of... I'm pretty sure this person is going to beat me up if I don't show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I don't do those steps and I don't commit. Right. And, yeah, oh. yeah. Funny. Yeah, take, take us back to um, school a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. God damn, we're getting back to that early playground. I know, I know. Let's build. Let's go back to the the bigger playground. The, let's go to the yeah, we I like that one. We like that the one. Playground I built. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, what do you think? So let's let's take the playground analogy and think of three key things that people could play with or experiment with to to build or to discover who they are as a brand? I think that the three key things are, first of all, is what do you value? Mm-hmm. What's important to you? You know, that's, that's, it's, that's pretty core. So anything like what well, you're saying, the three things have to be core. You know, it's, it's what you value. Um, who can you serve? You know, we're always, when we talk about building a brand and we talk about building a business, making money is not the hard part. You know, like if you want to go make money, people will say to me, well, how can I make money really fast? Well, rob a bank. You know, like, so who do you serve? Who can you help? I really believe that my automotive repair shop became so successful because I focused on taking care of my customer. You know, so who do you serve? You know, and, and how do you see yourself, not today, but project? How do you see yourself six months from now? How do you mm-hmm. see yourself one year from now? So, you know, what do you value? What's important to you? You know, that, that's really who you are, who you serve, and how you see yourself in the future. Right. Would be three things. That's a fantastic um, recipe, I think. What we're doing is building out sort of self our service to others and mm-hmm. how we grow. Where Absolutely. We it's lovely. When, when I would teach business um, and I worked for a company and taught business and they always wanted me to t- teach the nuts and bolts of owning an automotive repair shop. And I, I always brought up the part of you have a social obligation to give back. And people go, well, what part of business is that? It's the part I'm telling you about. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. You have an obligation um, because when you become uh, wealthy, when you become successful, you have to give back. My daughter, who's this great idealist, uh, amazing, amazing young woman, I had a conversation. We talked uh, in depth about things. And I said to her, um, I go, you, you know who changes the world? Rich people. And she's like, you're awful for saying that. I said, no, I'm not. I said, if Bill Gates wants to to cure malaria, he can do it. I Mm. said, what if you want to? What do you have to do to do that? And she goes, I don't know, probably call Bill Gates. Right. (laughs) Right. That's what you have to do because you can't buy the nets. You don't have enough money to buy 10 million nets. So wealthy people change the world. So I I believe with wealth becomes an obligation. Mm. And it comes back to who do you serve? Yeah. And as a final question, since we've come full circle back to changing the world, Uh what's the biggest change in the world you'd like to see happen in the next, 
let's say five years? I, um, you know, the new, the needle's been pushing, you know, we're moving the needle. I would love to see, um, racism just dissolve. I would love to see, uh, sexism dissolve. We've just had in America, our first female vice president. And, and I think it's fantastic because at no point do I think a person's gender uh, is any kind of a limit or anything like that. I think that we're all equal, regardless of um, our race, our nationality, our gender, our sexual orientation, our religion. I would like to see us start getting along. You know, I have friends where I, we talk about politics and we agree to disagree, and I love them. So I would love to see all that start disappearing. Mm. You know, that's what I wanted, what I really want to see. I've, I've never judged anybody by any of that. And, and I think we need to stop judging. Oh, you know what? Oh, look, just t- embrace, embrace the light, Steve. <laughs> I've embraced it all. <laughs> I'll move over here. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to start seeing. And I really, I think we need to come together in America as a country, as a society um, of everybody in- inclusive and um, as a world. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing yourself and your thoughts today, Steve. I think you are just changing the world every every time you share yourself. So I want to thank you for sharing yourself with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel honored. It was absolutely my pleasure. Um, Go and enjoy Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'll stay here in London. And listeners, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Building Brand New podcast. I'm Kim Hamer, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and for all the latest news and tips, become a member of the brand new Building Brand New Facebook group. I help people to accelerate their success by unlocking their greatest asset. If you'd like to find out more, please book in for a free 20-minute coaching call at bit.ly forward slash bby chat. Accelerate your results by unlocking your greatest asset, you.